jump in uh, as i've started recording we should oh, like like in, in 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 this i think where we left off last time was like work we hate so so, so the, the, the notion of being banished i kind of like and casting spells <laughs> in the noise <Yeah. laughs> well i've been banished by society to the japan because <laughs> <laughs> well, we used to joke a lot about or or talk a lot about um like when when you're doing a job that you you hate the the putting the delighters in or sneaking little and i I always see them like spells you know uh like there was that great story of keith allen uh writing the word cunt and and then painting over it until it slowly revealed during an art gallery (laughs) showing and and i i I know i know i know you you have similar punkish Oh, stories you remember my story about the uh the the magazine in yes please i'll please tell it for the next <laughs> <laughs> so so once upon a time i was uh kicking around looking for some work to fill a gap of uh mm. i'd just come back to the uk um from skydiving for a few years and was trying to re-establish myself into living in in uh england um but uh, i'll digress if i talk about the fact that it's quite difficult to get a job when you've been skydiving for a number of years because like uh people ask you stupid questions like where do you see yourself in five years time and, and <laughs> yeah, you've been, yeah. like well i I haven't even thought about being alive next week, to be honest, for all this time. I didn't know if I would be alive at the end of each day. So, you know. (laughs) Um, uh, So anyway, a a job came up um, working on a backpacker magazine, um, just doing desktop publishing, layout, etc., and running in adverts um, into the magazine getting it all together so basically i was paid as a job lot um i was paid this amount for producing one magazine and right, yeah it doesn't matter if it took me like an hour to produce the magazine or three weeks to produce the magazine the same yeah. money whatever i yeah. do okay that's that's simple um but it doesn't half make it annoying when you've got a salesman who just has to get the commission on the smallest little advert, which means that I've got to rerun the whole bloody magazine and re-bloody print everything again and again and again. So yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be kind of like fairly um, flexible because I'll understand that someone just wants to make some money and that's all right. You've just made another sale. Fair enough. Okay. Yes, it's a pain in the bum, but all right, mate. All right, don't worry about it. I'll do it, or whatever. But when it gets to about five or six times, hey, Kev, I've just sold another ad. Can you just, you know, reprint everything and put it all together? I'm like thinking, oh fuck off! I've I've done this. <laughs> I've, I've done this work. There is a deadline. There's a cutoff. You absolute. Yeah 
wanker. <laughs> so, right, okay, right, last time. Last time I bloody do it, all right? Don't sell anything else because I'm going to be pissed off if I have to re-page everything again and um, produce the final proof and get the editor to sign off and then print out the plates and send them off to the printer and put it to bed, um, basically. And I, the guy went and sold another fucking ad. Like, and I'm thinking, you've just added another fucking day that I've got to come up to London and repage this whole fucking mare of a magazine just because you want to earn like about five pounds of commission or something stupid like that. So I, uh, I thought, right, fuck you. Oh, all right then, I'll fucking print it. So I went into the template and I added the word, the man's name is a cunt in 5% yellow so that it's not visible on the screen PDF for proofing. However, when it goes to print and it's printed on the quality of paper that we were using for this magazine, I know, (laughs) because of speaking to other designers over the years, that a little trick one can play if the magazine or the newspaper is printed in a, in a country that has quite bright sunlight, is that as the paper becomes brown, the words appear like invisible ink, <laughs> <laughs> losing their invisibility. <laughs> so, of course, we run 80,000 magazines and <laughs> all the editorial has in great big letters is a cunt, slowly <laughs> <laughs> appearing. And that's the kind of guy I am. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but the, it, it's it's. I, I think uh, the, 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 when when you're doing a job or task that you dislike in work, mm. you can you can kind of go two ways. You can kind of get very uh, negative and annoyed and and so forth, or you can kind of become playful. And punkish, and 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 actually, probably when you're when you're a creative person, it's going to flourish in that way, isn't it? There's there's so many great stories in in history of creatives that have done that. I mean, again, I remember the time we got the <clears throat> that touch surface thing that that some kind of awful salesman was trying to sell us. This it was like a big big iPad. And it didn't work. (laughs) It was was just a big iPad on legs, which is like kind of a pointless thing. Mm. And the one sort of selling point of it being a touch-top table, it didn't really work very well. You needed to plug a mouse in, in fact, if I recall, to get it to work. And wasn't it that the operating system was a bit dodgy as well? It wasn't even a legitimate operating system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... uh, so, 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 me and you decided this, 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 this had, this had uh, offended us <laughs> <laughs> so much. We're, we're that, offended. <laughs> yeah, and 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 this this was an educational company that had given us this thing. So, and it was around, must have been around 2011, 2012, roughly around the time the Jimmy Savile scandal had happened in the UK. And so, Kev, Kevin, I put this big picture as the as the background. 
so when you when you turned this thing on, there was a huge picture of Jimmy Savile, and it just said, "Touch me to turn me on," <laughs> which, which was which was not factually inaccurate in both cases. That's absolutely true. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, but yes, yeah. hide, hiding, hiding, delighted. I think, yeah, that that's the magic in a digital sense of, of, <laughs> of think, shit jobs. I think just pulling one over to get a little bit of um, satisfaction, you know, like um, mind you, I, it can go too far, and I, I think yeah. in hindsight, um. There's been a time in my life where I did something that wasn't a very smart move. It is bloody funny. <laughs> and I, <laughs> it is bloody funny. And I got away with it, but it could have gone the other way and it could have gone really badly for me and I could have ended up in prison for a very long time <laughs> because right. I essentially deleted the North Sea. <laughs> you, you can't just you can't just leave leave something hanging like that, Kev. Well, let me elaborate a little bit. <laughs> it, this does sound like magic. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I I I I removed the the North Sea from existence, um, knowing that um, essentially the North Sea is still going to be physically there. <laughs> But I have removed all the data <laughs> from the North Sea. <laughs> um, so if I go into a few more details, I, I shan't make myself liableless, no. I think. Um, so basically, I worked on a project that was um, logging uh, seismic data from all over the world. And I was... Yeah working on a project to well log the North Sea and uh, build up a database of seismic data yep. covering the North Sea. And I, I used to work on night shifts because they wouldn't allow me to work on the day shifts because I had multicolored hair and um, <laughs> the, <Okay>. the, uh, <laughs> the uh, big important uh, bigwigs if they came in and saw that there was some punk rocker <laughs> responsible for, for all this uh, highly um, expensive equipment and uh, um, state-of-the-art technology, they they might have got a bit nervous <laughs> about having some, some oik like me <laughs> being the man behind the curtain who <laughs> makes the magic happen. <laughs> However, I... I I, I've always been fairly re, fairly good at finding myself with a niche where a company will give me some flexibility because I've got the smarts or I've got the chops to do something that is desired at that time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what was desired at that time was um, being able to optimize computer code to work on these old Univac systems um, that operated on Fortune code, and I could um, look at the algorithms and, and analyze how to make them more efficient, therefore more processing gets done per hour. And seeing as we made money from demultiplexing seismic data, 
um, because in a warehouse um, there there was uh, many many years of seismic data recordings yeah. that had been sitting there, and it was losing its magnetite. So essentially, we were trying to save um, uh, the data from disappearing from evaporating okay yeah. after they've spent a fortune sending boats out to the oceans and seas around the world and recording this data the data was beginning to evaporate so what we had to do was take the data and um clean it up and put it onto a new media which had a, a longer guaranteed lifespan and in that day in the in the late 80s early 90s we were moving from magnetic tape to um uh hard disk but these were quite like early hard disks um, yeah. on these particular legacy systems well well uh, i i had uh, been you know banished <laughs> banished again yeah. banished to the night shift because of my disgusting appearance <laughs> and so i spent most of the nights reading books on coding and i learned lots and lots of useful techniques that i was playing around with um and making myself a better programmer and more efficient programmer um and some of my co-workers were uh, be working the night shift as well, but they would be listening to music and sleeping. Um, fair enough, each to their own. However, my supervisor seemed to get a huge pay rise one year, and I got right. bugger all. So I thought, hang on a minute, I've worked bloody hard, and I've improved the performance of uh, the systems by my engineering skills, and what has my supervisor been doing? Just, you know, having a little sleep um, yeah. or whatever, and saying, oh, that's good, Kev, you know, and making notes in the uh, shift report. So I have a look at the shift report, and basically the guy's taking credit for all my work for the whole year. Oh. Yeah. I thought, right. Fuck you. So I'll tell you what. I was not in a happy mood. I shall delete the whole fucking project. I'll delete a whole fucking year of work. If you want the money for it, fuck off. You fucking do it all again. All right? Yeah. I'm not having this. So in my childish tantrum, <laughs> gone was the North Sea, deleted, and the backup tapes went out to a skip in the uh, backyard, whereupon I poured a whole bottle of alcohol, like 100% alcohol, and set light to the whole fucking lot and walked home. <laughs> so I then get a desperate phone call. Don't come into work, Kev. They're going to fire you. <laughs> that was from another co-worker. Are they going a little bit ballistic? Yes. Yes, <laughs> they are absolutely fucking annoyed. Best thing for you to do, mate, is just hand in your resignation 
without actually coming into the building. Right. Oh, yes, yes, I already thought of that. So I wasn't wanting to come and work because yeah. like, my supervisor is an absolute cunt and took all the credit for my work. So fuck him, fuck the company because they didn't fucking listen to me. All yeah. right. Yeah. I don't want to work for that company now. Um, why, so why, why couldn't you? Yeah, you, why did you never get a job in Amazon? I feel like the world would be a better place. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't exactly tell that story too often. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I did, however, the one thing that I learned about this was that I, uh, about two or three o'clock in the morning, I went to the company, put my resignation letter through the letterbox. <laughs> Um, didn't actually go into the building but then a couple of weeks later I had a phone call from the director of the company yeah. who said look I just want to actually meet up with you for a beer okay and I thought right this isn't in the company this is in a pub I'll go mm. and meet him because he's at the decency to meet, meet up with me outside of work for a beer and I'll mm. do it in the service of actually going along. And if he wants to just like bark his annoyance at me, I'll just laugh at him. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> and of course, he could probably have taken legal action and, and really hammered me. Mm. But to be honest, he's going to spend a hell of a lot of money on a lawsuit, isn't he? And do I have the money to actually pay him? Do I bollocks? I'm I'm 21 years old or 22 Wait. years old. Yeah, I haven't got that much money, <laughs> so you're not going to get too much, are you? Apart and it, from the action of saying "fuck you." Yeah, and 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 also, they probably don't want to admit that it was possible, and that somebody did it. Yeah, I knew that as well. Plus, there yeah. was also something that I knew and the managing director knew as well. We were experts yeah. at recovering data. Okay. Yes. That ain't going to look good, is it? If, <laughs> if you lose the North Sea and you can't recover it. <laughs> so, yes. So, so and I also knew the guys that were well, sometimes the police would come and get these guys to stop working and they would pay our company to go and recover data from really serious crime that had been mm. trying to be covered up. So essentially, I knew that they would eventually get the North Sea back. It was just going to be an absolute fucking mare because I was pretty good at actually destroying data. Yeah. <laughs> Not just delete. I knew that yeah. I had to scramble the whole fucking thing <laughs> and absolutely yeah. fuck it and get rid of this absolutely destroy the backups. Because otherwise, yeah. I can't have my fun of knowing it's going to take you at least two or three weeks to actually recover this data. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to have to actually have some very difficult meetings with your clients going, yes, well, there's been a little bit of a delay on that. If you could just bear with us a little bit longer. Ooh. And the bloke no, it... credit for my work, his name's going to be Mud. Because... Basically, that's what I say to the managing director. This is why mm. I did it. 
because I had actually discovered this guy who'd taken credit for my work, yeah, and he had been reporting to the manager, yeah, the whole time, and the manager um, was always, you know, giving him credit the whole time, never anything for me. And it's like, yeah. all right then, if you want to believe that this guy, all the all the genius is coming from this guy, fair enough. But don't fucking expect me to sit here going, oh, right, then I'll be a good boy. I just like we're getting paid. I'm really into computers. <laughs> Bollocks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's funny how in a workplace it, it does – I mean, it, it goes back to the kind of – a number of the, the sort of Lacan uh, elements and, and, and so forth. It's like that it, what it does to identity, what it does to motivation, what it does to the dynamics of things. And it, 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 it's, it's funny how, I mean, I think that that was the thing I hated about being in management. It was right. just like, you, you, you felt like you spend your life, having to kind of deal with stuff rather than do stuff and actually what you what what you end up doing is and you're having to deal with stuff at the behest of somebody else like like uh i had a finance guy who who used to say uh because we worked for a university students coming in students were money bags coming in and employees were money bags walking out and I oh. thought that was such a horrible way to view like the world, and but it it it, it becomes the crux of these things, and it slightly kind of corrupts the way people look at humanity. And I think that's that's something I really disliked was just like it it was nice the kind of mental support side of it, but mm. the side of ultimately you're having to shape something to the behest of a shark, right. Yeah, I made I made a, a note that was quite similar. Um, thinking about jobs that we've hated, I was mm. thinking about what what jobs have I hated? And I didn't hate the job where the guy took credit for my work. I really no. liked it because people left yeah. me alone. I just got on with my stuff. It was like interesting, whatever. I hated being fucked over. Um, and what fucks you over is the drive to ambition of other people yeah. without the talent. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So jobs I hate. I've said that any temp web design job where the clueless recruiter has sent me off to a company promising, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, he can do that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I turn up. It's got fuck all to do with any of my skills. It's just that this useless swank. Yeah. <laughs> thinks computers. He's good with computers. Well, yeah. thanks a lot. Yeah. I go to the company. I sit in a meeting. I come out going, I've got a fucking clue what you want. I have no yeah. idea. Uh, that's not a language that I use. Um, it's got no relation to the work I'm good at. Sorry to waste yeah. the time. And then, you know, it's like basically I get paid <laughs> for my one day, but it's a total waste of, you know, 
getting me excited that hey i've got a, a job um like so i really hate um working when people don't understand what it is i actually do <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah yeah so any job where my technical expertise is a threat to non-technical stuff okay um mm. and i think you found this as well it's like we were both like in our in our slightly different ways experts within online learning mm. working with people who would think right well um we need these wizards to come in and do their sorcery but we don't actually want um to give them any credit for their sorcery we just want them to do the magic yeah and then yeah. fuck off so that we can go yes 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 now the real world you know well i i think i think that that that's a classic within within jobs you hate is, is the notion that everybody wants the results of something they don't actually want to know the detail of it and and that's fine you know i i drive a car and i don't know how the mechanics of it works so everybody wants the output of something without understanding that the how of it but it's then when those people like no you can't have a wheel on that car because it's cost too much or or or, or they come up with i can't remember we were in a meeting once where somebody said you know can it have more buttons or you know <laughs> can we have less bushes or something like that you know and it's really irritating when you try it when they just don't kind of just defer to you when they start questioning things they don't understand well that, in a that, way in a way that is authoritative yeah that's because they are big picture people <laughs> oh, of course. oh i don't need to know about this i'm a big picture person and uh, just do your magic <laughs> make it happen <laughs> and uh, yes good show yes he's very good but he, he he seems to be a bit obsessed by the little details well some some of us need to deal with the little details admittedly but some of us are the big picture people mm. yeah but if you're a big picture person can you at least have a vision <laughs> can you communicate yeah. the vision and if you have a well, vision, that, that's the trick. If you can't do that, then you're screwed. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're fucked. You are just a big fart, not a big picture. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I, can, I can remember when we started doing kind of UX stuff, I suppose, and and yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't have the knowledge that you had, but I felt like I was like, right, tell me about it, Kev. So I and, and so we can have a a good enough, and that's the thing. I didn't need to. Become, I didn't need to become a massive expert on UX design through and through, but I did have to have an appreciation for it. Yeah, yeah, and know um, how to listen and know when when something is important. And you were you were really good at, at, at showing and teaching without patronizing. Right. But I think that's only because yeah. you'd had a string of people who'd never asked you the question. Well, exactly. Before. So you exactly. were like, oh, so, someone's asking me about my expertise. I, yeah. I, sh I shall help. <laughs> exactly. If you, if, if you ask me the right questions, I'm only too happy. However, the majority of the time, I meet the big picture guy who isn't interested in asking any questions. It's all sorcery. 
that I don't want anything to do with it. You just make it happen. Know your fucking place, little man. <laughs> it's it's the it's the man who wants to buy the Picasso and put it on the wall and and then glorify themselves that I've got a Picasso as as in somehow that means you also painted it. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our team won. <laughs> what, <laughs> yeah. So you actually kicked the ball, did you? That's yes. <laughs> I think there's an analogy there. It's actually something Lacan goes into or Lacan talks about mm. with the ideal I. It's this idea um, that we have this projection of ourselves as being our idealised self mm. that the yeah. crowd see. And I've been heavily into Lacan over the last couple of weeks. It's a huge mm. load of stuff about Lacan that I uh, was kind of like looking forward to discussing today, actually. But yeah. it's 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 an absolute um the deeper down the rabbit hole you go the more you you know the more episodes of a podcast we need to make (laughs) (laughs) i barely scratched the surface but um yeah so did you get a chance to have a look at a couple of videos that i no i didn't because i ended up uh traveling south uh yeah this this week, which then meant I I was I didn't realize quite how long I was going to spend on the road. Okay. So, um, but I I I I took a, a sneaky peek at one of them, mm. um, but didn't get as much chance to look at stuff as I as I wanted to. Okay, so I think this should probably end up being split over a number of podcasts. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Cool. Because then so I can I can catch up with you. <laughs> yeah. For sure. But the thing <laughs> is. You know how we were talking about the uh, Dunning-Kruger effect last time? Yes, yeah, yeah. And I've read another book on Lacan in the last couple of weeks, as well as doing a lot of stuff with my um, ancient magic course, which I should finish Mm. tomorrow. I I, uh, graduated my Jungian archetypes course and got a diploma. Mm. And um so far i've got distinction marks for all of my assignments on the ancient magic course Mm -hmm. so i'm heading in the same direction there but it could all go horribly wrong (laughs) um but uh, yeah i'm enjoying that but at the meantime um i've been getting more and more heavily into lacan and the more i find out the more i understand the less i know um, but that's that's great. That's great when you get to that point when you're studying something, isn't it? It's like in the first, it's, it comes back to that Dunning Kruger effect. It's, mm. it's you think you've nailed and understood everything at the beginning, and then it just widens out, and it's beautiful. And then it takes like ten years before you reflect on the stuff you learned at the beginning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So just to sort of like give it a real surface skim, what this mm-hmm. is largely about is Lacan had a. Um, there's two, there's two real areas here. One is that um, a lot of Lacan's concepts to, are to do with lack, um, are to do with our uh, desire, um, all coming from a sense of lack, okay? Right. And I might talk about that in more depth in another time. What I was getting into really heavily um, over the last week or so was this notion of, the real. Um, so there are three realms um, 
in uh, Lacan's model of our psyche. You have the mm -hmm. symbolic, you have the imaginary, and you have the real. Okay, so the imaginary isn't just made up stuff um, of like fairy tale. Um, the imaginary is really anything image based. Um, right. The symbolic is um, essentially um, symbols that link to the imaginary. Um, you can think about the signifier and the signified. So if the um, signified is an actual tree, in your head it's that image of a tree, there's a mm -hmm. the imaginary, and the word tree, T-R-E-E, -E, would be the symbol, and that is the signifier. So there's a connection yeah. between them. Now, essentially, you put the symbolic and the imaginary together, and that is what we call reality. Okay, yep. Our reality is a fiction that we have put together in our heads. And yes. it creates this, um, these two parts of a triangle, where you've got the mm -hmm. symbolic and the imaginary that you could join together and say that entire plane is, the, is reality that we've imagined and that our understanding of the world, our worldview, how we see yeah. things, how we conceive of things working, etc., etc. Mm. Now, looking at the opposing side of the triangle, you have the real. And the real is a bloody difficult thing for anybody to teach. And Lacan mm. spent years and years trying to explain it, and a lot of people still didn't get it. Okay? <laughs> so I don't feel like, what the bloody hell? What do I yeah. get it? I've only been at it for a few weeks. <laughs> I'm hardly going to get it all. But I think I've got enough to be getting on with that's opened up a new way of looking at everything that has been absolutely mind-blowing to me. So the thing is with the real, it is a non-object. It is, there is, there is no word for it. It is indescribable. You can't explain it. It's uh, it's like the upside down in Stranger Things. Kind of, yes. It's the <laughs> unsignifiable. It is the yeah. unsignifiable. And the connection I've made through this guy's video, uh, Plastic Pills, um, mm. I got a nice message from him the other day, actually. But, oh, nice. Um, what it's to do with is that if you've ever had a trauma, if you've ever had a traumatic experience, it's the moment that you cannot explain how you feel. If it's for me, I've had a few traumas in life. Um, one of them was a car accident, um, mm -hmm. and there was a death involved. And it's the moment where you're curled up in a fetal position. And you just cannot, cannot fathom. Mm. The world has completely fallen apart. Yeah. Everything you thought 
of in the world has collapsed around you and you mm. just cannot explain how you feel and nobody else can understand how you feel and it's that that's the that's the real um, it's in, it's interesting when you say that because because quite often uh when when looking at depressive people it's often people say that the depressive see the real yeah because they're they're not believing the kind of narrative story that we tell ourselves which makes us all kind of op- optimistic yeah. and i think that's called the optimist's fallacy this believing these fictions that actually helped us evolve helped us take risks all of these things but the mm-hmm. depressive person actually understands the complete pointlessness of That's existence right. because because we've created a narrative to just random atoms floating around exactly Sorry. yeah exactly. so basically as as they say as lacorn points out reality opposes the real we construct mm. this reality to pull away from the real and the real yeah. You can imagine the real as a black hole, and it's trying to go down to the singularity and suck reality into it. But it's the reality that we're constructing and we're trying to maintain and keep, you know, motoring away, trying to push it up to the surface and keep it from slipping down towards this singularity, is we're trying to maintain this idea of reality. And we spend our whole lives trying to prevent our reality from being sucked down into this singularity. Well, and and it's interesting at the moment, I think, um, not that we're being sucked into the real per se, but but I think there is something about this pause in time. Ah, yes. (laughs) And and there's been this sort of pause in time that has made everyone have to question certain narratives about reality. So the, the people have had to start questioning the narrative about uh, the economy. People have had to start questioning the reality narrative about uh, work. People have had to start questioning the reality narrative about race and, yeah. and sex and gender and all of these things. And, and it's really interesting because you're seeing a massive flurry of all these things right now. Mm. And then you're also having this kind of complete virtual reality, which is constructing a, a, a new fake reality. Mm. So you've got you've got you've got the, the 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 physical fake narrative of reality, but you've also got this additional layer now of the yeah yeah. And mm. as we go towards the faked virtual reality, we're getting further away from the real, I guess. Mm. Yeah. So. So sorry, that was that was a ramble. <laughs> it's a good one. You're getting it. You're absolutely getting it. Um, and you, you you get you can see why I'm I'm really really finding this interesting. The way it relates to fake news, the way it relates to the reality of a pandemic, and, yeah. and seeing the cracks in society open up. And that us actually get a glimpse through and go, oh shit, I don't want to go down there because that's really bad. Let's fucking build mm. build it and bolster this bit because I ain't going down with this ship. Um, mm. I thought 
something that happened recently with the K-pop fans was fucking brilliant. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. I was reading about that this morning, and and again, that's that lovely thing of those, all those multiple realities coming into play with the virtual reality mm. all at the same time. Yeah. So I made a note when I'm talking about reality versus the real, the symbolic, the imaginary, and the mm. real. Well, the real is 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 that Trump has bought into his reality that I'm really popular and loads of people are going to come to my rally and (laughs) all this. Mm. And the K-pop fans have a different reality. The K-pop fans have a reality of, (laughs) you think you're popular? (laughs) Let us prove something to you. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And then the look on Trump's face in the picture of him walking along, there's a man who's just caught a little glimpse of the real. There's a man who's suddenly had a reality check, and um, yeah, because they could, they could, yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't wallpaper over those cracks. That's yeah. right. That's right. So that's I, I, dangerous, though. That's dangerous when you when you when you burst the bubble. I think I think a person who 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 seals themselves in their own reality is called a self-sealer. Yeah. And there's a real date, and I think Trump is a self-sealer, which is probably why his narcissism is the way it is, because he he has put himself in a bubble of mirrors. Mm. And the danger is, is when you burst that bubble, it completely could crush the ID or identity of the per the both the ego and the ig it can can collapse. And for me, Trump's ego and id collapsing could be one of the worst things that could ever happen to the world. Well, it's kind of like playing with a nuclear button, isn't it? Then, then we go into the real, and then, that's not going to be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, basically, is is this fake reality of Trump better than an exploding uh, yeah. nuclear Trump? Taking the world well, into the real. Well, you think about it. I mean, you've got to, like, tr- Trump is like a little prince kid whose parents have told him he's incredibly popular and da 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 da, and like, and, you know, hired, hired kids to be his friend and da 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 da. And then one day he goes to his birthday party and no one's there because the money's like, do you know what I mean? That the, the false reality is no longer there. And, and that can, completely crush somebody and I, I feel that that is who he is he's the mm. emperor with no clothes yeah. that's been constantly surrounded by people telling him he's well dressed yeah he's got this idealized eye hasn't he like everybody and he's projected um himself as king donny um yeah in front of the crowd in front of his inauguration, his huge inauguration, because it's this reality that he's created in his head. It's what yeah. Ron talks about with the gaze. He seeks the gaze. We, we essentially, um, we desire the desire of others. Okay? Mm. And it's our image can never be us because it's the desire from within others that we're desiring. It's to be seen as to be desirable by others. And your desire is what makes 
you incomplete. You will never mm. have it. Okay? It's why this the real is creating a vortex so that it's yeah. a constant feeling well, of lack. I've always I, got this lacking thing and I will always look outside to fulfill my lack with my desire. I desire I desire people to respect me. I desire people to think that I'm smart. I desire not to be thought of as a baby. And Lacan knows that that's exactly the opposite of what you say reveals your unconscious. So yeah. when you say, I don't have a problem with Trump, what you mean is you do have a problem with Trump. <laughs> yeah. No, no, and, 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 and in many senses, actually, I mean, as you said that, the two, two things came to mind was one, one a vague memory from A-level psychology mm. of a quote who I can't attribute to, but it was this notion of, if I tell you who I truly am and you don't like who I am, that's devastating because it's all I've got. Ah, right. I don't know who and that, that is. I, think that, but... I don't know who that is, but it, it, it underpins a sort of this 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 sort of notion. Mm. And then and then secondly, you start to go shit. We've we've created all this social media based on people's lack. Yeah. Because people now are like oh look, I've got a hundred likes. That means people like me. Yeah. We've quantified. We've quantified it, and and yeah. um, I think it's I think that, that that's. For the first time ever, mind you, yeah, we've actually been able to quantify um, the likes and the comments from yeah. others. And, uh, but but that that there, you know, when you amplify that lack, <laughs> that's not good for the soul. No, no, because um, it takes you further and further. No, does it take you further away from the real or closer to the real? Um, no, it's taking you further. It's taking you away from the real because you're you're amplifying the false narrative. Yeah, you are, you are, your your reality. But remember that it's a fiction, and fictions have a habit of breaking. Yeah, quite fragile. These fictions. Yeah, yeah. It will only take um, maybe you say something well intended, well meaning. For people to actually berate you and call you a racist, and suddenly, oh, that's not what I meant, and you've got the whole lot crashing down. People don't really like me. Oh my God, I'm suddenly a paranoid person. I, oh, do people think that I really think this? Oh my God, and this is the danger, I think. Well, no, I mean, in a really simple way, the other day I was having a conversation and I used the term actress. Ah, uh, right. And somebody said, oh, it's actor now. Oh. And I was like, I suddenly felt like a little, a little kind of shimmer of shame because like I'm generally a quite kind of <laughs> feminist, equal opportunities person. But I was like, shit, I really missed that memo. Well, what or you... it's so hardwired in my head. And, and, and then I was like, okay, I'm, it's just, I suddenly, you know, you suddenly realized like uh, uh, you haven't, moved with the new narrative, I guess. Well, the, Lacan is very famous for saying that the unconscious is structured like a language. 
Um, yeah, yeah. When we make um, parapraxis or we make Freudian slips, um, then that reveals our our true um, unconscious selves. Okay, mm. but you're you're using the word um, actress. Your conceptual model of who you are and you, the way you see yourself, yeah, is oh no, oh, I'm better than that. I I wouldn't. I'm I'm really I'm a good bloke, and mm. uh, um, but it came out, and now you yeah, yeah, yeah. said, oh, whoops, and this is very interesting to Lacan, um, also Jung mm. as well. Um, yeah. Both saying that um, really uh, um, psychoanalytical session is really, mm. um, well, Lacan really pushed it to an extreme where a Lacanian um, psychoanalyst does as little speaking in a session as they can. Because really, um, they're trained to listen to what the person is saying um, to that degree. So that when you said actress, they go, oh, interesting. Okay. But not yeah. actually tell you. Yeah. <laughs> because they want you to be actually yeah, yeah, yeah. doing this so that they can find out what's really going on. Yeah. Mm. And Lacan didn't like psychiatrists. <laughs> he, he, he was uh, um, I, the more I learn about him the more I love the guy <laughs> because he, he's me <laughs> um, he, he uh, um, I'm, I'm totally enraptured by the guy um, at the mm. moment um, the more I find out the more I, I like oh my god I've got to find out so much more about you you're an interesting man um, yes, <laughs> and that's great because you know I, I, it, it fires me up to learn more and, and discover more. Um, so basically, I know it um, like from teaching English, um, especially with low-level students, like real beginners, um, true beginners, as they as we say. The, the limitations of language and to be able to express yourself with language, yeah, is a major barrier of communicating, mm. right? So yeah. a teacher has to basically learn to read people's body language a lot. Mm. And yeah, um, yeah. It's, the, it's all you've got when the person can say, hello, my name is name goodbye and we've got that's all we've got to work with so we've got yeah. you know do you like chocolate do you like um and so you're basically big thumbs up big smile yes i like chocolate. and and so you're working with this really really um it's, it's the same as teaching kids yeah, like lang first language acquisition. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. Um, and like when you've got kids, you're having to read the baby. You're having to read gestures, mm. aren't you? You're having yeah, to yeah. just second guess. 
oh, why is that baby crying? Is it because they need something to eat? And so you try and give them something to eat. No, no, they're still crying. Oh, it's like maybe mm. check their nappy. Oh, no, that's fine. So ain't that. Maybe check the temperature. Oh, look, it's a bit hot. Oh, right, well, we'll move you over here or we'll add a blanket or we'll... So yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Like, a, like an English teacher with a second language with a real beginner. Um, mm. Yeah. Same way that, um, like, with psychoanalytics, yeah, you're actually, um, Lacan didn't like psychiatrists from driving the conversation or steering the conversation. It's basically mm. like as little um, uh, support as possible because then you'll get the real person coming out through their language and their choice of words and their choice of phrase. And so it's all about understanding what people are saying isn't necessarily, you know, don't take it verbatim. (laughs) It's actually Mm. understand what's really at the nature of... It's like um, like when people say they're not racist or sexist, Mm. they're not consciously... Um, but the, there are all these other things inside. So, so uh, there's a really good test, I think, by Harvard that you can do called the implicit bias test, and it mm-hmm. does all of these things with semantics and pictures. And it does, it reveals your innate bias because that's what you've narratively been taught, and it's not that you're a bad person. And And I try and do that kind of like once a year to improve my implicit bias by by expanding my my horizons from these initial things I was I was maybe taught. It's the same with with you know you you could teach somebody you could teach somebody 1970s English and send them to England and they're going they're in for a shock. <laughs> <laughs> you know so so, so, so um, it's funny how how language and 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 again, the, the, these narratives versus the real mm. that are embedded in who we are. Yeah. Well, I think so. Um, yeah, I just lost my train of thought there. I was thinking about 1970s English. <laughs> <laughs> specifically thinking about the comedy series Mind Your Language. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which was a, can you remember when you came to one of my Norwegian lessons? Oh, yes, I remember that. In, in Norway. It was, it was like that. Yes, that reminds me. So, so because I'm, um, okay, like right now in Japan, um, like uh, my tax went up considerably um, and my yes. health insurance went up quite considerably as well. So I had a double whammy of increases. Lovely. At the same time that my income has dropped because of the pandemic and the slow return to a kind of normality where maybe a lot of my clients are staying home because they're like, Mm. I I tend to have quite a a lot of uh, retirees, um, I guess, because I'm a bit older and a certain thing about trading space, like it's okay. And also, you know, like, when I think about it, there's something about my past background with dealing with people who are in a very, very scary situation inside an aeroplane about to jump out. Yeah, yeah. And and this also 
ties into why I'm finding Lacan so bloody fascinating because everything I know about trauma and fear yeah. um, is all coming together with like a, a better fully formed kind of model of how it all works, how it all interrelates. Of like I'll I'll jokingly say to a student who's quite nervous, well, nobody's died in my lesson booth so far. You might be the first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Nobody's crashed into the nobody nobody I know has ever crashed into the sky. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Ground is a bloody dangerous place. Avoid that at all costs. But in the sky, you are fine. There's nothing yeah. to hit. You'll be all right. <laughs> Same with speaking English, you know? Yeah. Let's not worry about grammar. My job is to allow you to forget you're speaking another language and have a really good time enjoying a conversation with me. So we'll start with a very, very simple conversation. I like bananas. Do you like bananas? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, then. So do you really like? I really like. Or I quite like bananas. And so forth. And I'm using any grammar, and I will get the student to be able to have a conversation about what they like, what they don't like, and using modifying words like really, pretty, mm. quite, at the right level and stuff, so that they haven't studied anything. They've come in and met a funny Englishman who makes them laugh with his funny questions, yeah, yeah. <laughs> etc., and leave going, well, that was really useful because now I can do this in another language and that's the game and that's what i've developed and become quite good at yeah when i Mm. when i decided to start teaching online i thought right so i have to make an introductory video Mm. i think what i'll do is is uh, before i make the video i want to check out other people's videos and see what they do okay Mm. And I watched a few, and and one of them's really, really good. One of them, like, I'm saying one of them's really good because this person's a bit like me. <laughs> and I think, oh, yeah, that person's like me. They must be good then <laughs> because, again, that's my reality. That's my construction. That's your reality, reality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but I look at a video of a guy who like charges quite a lot of money for his lessons because I'm actually looking at the amount that they're charging per hour and say, yeah. okay, well, this person's got all 18 years experience. Ooh. Oh, and they've got a master's degree in linguistics. Oh, right. So, you know, does that quantify, does that qualify charging this extra money? And I'm sure there are some students who their conceptual model of how everything in the world works is, well, I must study the grammar and I must um, have this, uh, you know, very highly qualified teacher is worth the extra money because they will teach me this. Mm. And I listen to the person's introductory video and they're saying, well, of course, um, you you know, if you want to learn about the subjunctive, 
step to my office and I shall teach you and this, that, and I'm using all these grammatical terms and, and kind of validating oh. their reason why the students should come to them. And I thought to myself, yeah, they're going to get the student who believes in the same worldview that learning the grammar like this is what's going to get them very good at speaking a language. And many, many teachers think that if I become an expert with linguistics and if I become uh, really good, um, have a really good understanding of the mechanics of a language, then I'll be a really good teacher. Because all one. the best, all the be yeah, because all the best musicians in the world have bought lots of instruments and the top-notch instruments at that. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Exactly, because <laughs> that's that's all. It, like, like I'm pretty sure that all the top musicians in the world, that's all they. That's that's what made the difference, isn't it? So, so basically, you know, um, I shouldn't say I don't want to be teaching online. I I I've put off teaching online for a long time, and I think mm -hmm. it's because, like, like I was saying earlier on, I didn't want to jump on the bandwagon and be just another online teacher when the pandemic comes along and people yeah, are yeah. rushing Easy. online yeah. like a gold rush. Yeah. 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 I just didn't want to be part of that. Um but uh thinking about it, I've kind of done my budgeting and I've done my financing and I'm in fairly good shape despite my mm. huge rise. But uh I thought uh, it'll be a good thing to have a couple of options of teaching online as plan yeah, B yeah. and slowly build up a client base just maybe two mornings a week okay yeah and if that's working nicely and uh, you know I'll keep that going um, um, now in my retirement years when I'm traveling around Asia with my camera if I need to top up my income all right, I hop online, I do a little bit of teaching. No problem. I'm already set up. I've got, like, everything there. Um, yeah. So why not? But what I'm going to do, instead of... And that, that's that's a client base that you can, if you end up going anywhere else, you can take them with you. Yeah. That's the beauty of it as well. Yeah. Right, yeah. that's right. Um, but I, I'm thinking that, like, I was holding off until, because, you know, I'm developing this framework, which is yes, yeah. my way of teaching with Jungian archetypes, because I'm basically tapping into a schema that everybody understands a hero, everybody understands a joker, everybody understands a magician. Yeah. So yeah. there's something with that um, student who will get it without actually having the vocabulary or having the grammar mechanisms yet. Yeah. But we can have a conversation and we've got a building block from the schema of already understanding the archetypes, okay? Mm. And that's any culture anywhere in the world. So it's a great framework for building an English teaching system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I was going to be holding off until I could put it together as a, a, as a course, where Kamishibai, mm. um, which is paper play theatre, is the performance at the, in the last unit, 
is like basically mm. here's your goal we're going to work from here to here and when we finish you and me or the class and me we're going to put on a show yeah yeah baby we're going to put yeah. on a show and you'll have something great to look back on and you can have a laugh you can treat it as a joke if you want to it's your mm. choice you can be really yeah. serious and study really hard and, and give a really damn good performance or you can be really shit and it doesn't matter because you can do it again and you'll improve. And then you can look back at your first performance and go, look how far I've come. Woohoo. Mm. It's all good. Um, now, now I was like fixated on like putting everything together before mm. I actually have a presence so that I can say, I'm this much money. You buy this many lessons as a package, et cetera, et cetera. But it's going to take me a while to put that together. And right now, I'm kind of wanting to supplement my income. Yeah, uh, but also, I mean, that, that, that's, think of it along the lines of what you discussed, discussed earlier. Mm. Don't try and work out all your grammar before you speak. Yeah. Because actually, this is a good opportunity as well to beat a test a couple of things. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what I've come around to thinking. It's like yeah. my introduction video is going to be basically saying, well, we could do grammar, but it's a bit boring and we all know that. So let's not do it. Let's have a conversation <laughs> like this. <laughs> and kind of show that, like, right now, if you want to come and have an uh, English conversation practice where I mm -hmm. may correct you when you make a mistake, like, I go to the cinema Oh, did you? Oh, you went to the cinema, did you? Oh, right. Okay. And it's kind of like, I'll emphasize that you went to the cinema. Oh, right. Okay. I don't, yeah. that's how I correct. That's, that's the most natural yeah. way of correcting is just repeating back with the correction so that they go, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't need to go, now, here's my little scale. This is the past and this is the future. And here we are now. And you, in the past, didn't you? Yes, and so <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like and 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 that that's one of the worst things in in language classes as well. When somebody goes, oh no, no, that's wrong. Mm. It's this, yeah, yeah. because I, I I think particularly when you're dealing with adult learning, people forget the kind of shame, yeah, of of being told you're wrong, yeah, even even if you're not consciously going there well, and i think that that that's always what makes people so reticent in adult learning well we 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 want to uh um attract the gaze of others don't we we're, we're lacking yeah something. yeah um yeah it all comes back no now so like but i was reading what you're supposed to do with your like introduction video or something and you are you're supposed to actually demonstrate teaching a grammar point oh, oh no <laughs> Oh, no. That here's is, a grammar point. Yeah, basically, here's a grammar point. I don't really want to teach grammar. I can teach it. I'm CELTA qualified. I've, I've got the qualifications. Yeah. I can do this if you want. Personally, that's your choice, but I would rather do this. And I'm going to demonstrate, I think, a grammar point of the sentence structure of used to with yeah. I used to suck my thumb when I was a baby. <laughs> Am I a baby <laughs> now? 
no, no. I may look like a baby. I may act like a baby sometimes, but am I a baby? No. And so I can do it in sort of like with a bit of comedy and just mm. so that basically my video is come to my lesson if you want an entertaining time where you won't be thinking about learning, but you'll leave the class having had a really fun time and go, oh, my God, I learned more in that lesson than I did in loads of textbooks. <laughs> That's the magic. It it, it's, it's funny, isn't it, Like when you say that, because it's funny how people think learning shouldn't be fun. Well, yeah. Uh, and, and, and yet almost every person probably nowadays can reflect on like their childhood and rem the things that they remember are often things that they learn in like children's programming and, yeah. and, and, or, or, or plays or, or whatever. You don't often kind of go, ah, oh, I remember that really good lesson. Yes. They're very few and far between. And, and it, it, it's funny how people, but still think that all learning has to be really serious yet when you're a child, you exclusively learn through play. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> just don't understand this notion of seriousness. I also think that um, I, I was always saying this, wasn't I, when I was doing uh, interaction design, but the child doesn't yeah. learn how to walk, the child learns how to stop falling down. So let's yeah. fall down and have a laugh. <laughs> let's fall down loads, yeah? Because the faster, you know, like the, the sooner we have some fall downs, we're going to learn how to not fall down, okay? But you're not going to do anything by by not falling down and trying to protect yourself with this structured grammar approach to learning a language. And like, mm. so basically there's two parts to my thing. Is One, I want the student to just think, right, he seems like a bloody good laugh. <laughs> I'm going to spend my money on this guy because I don't know whether I'll learn anything, really. I'm not sure, but I might take a punt, yeah? Because and I want to put off the student who's got their model in their head of, right, lesson must be, please teach me the past participle of these irregular verbs. I've got a list here. It's like, well, this doesn't sound much fun. All right, then, give me your list. Right, this is that. This is that. Happy? Yeah. I don't really want to teach you that much if that's what you want. Sure. Well, it comes back. Can you remember, can remember that story we, we yeah, mm. that story that you and I used to tell uh, about the Larry David going on the stage mm. to do a stand up and he looked around and go, Nah, <laughs> you're, not, yeah. you're not my audience. That's right. And 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 I think that's sometimes really important as a teacher. Like, not every like, and that's not to say that you can't teach anyone, but sometimes you you do have to kind of go. It's the power. Nah, of you're not. Nah. You're, it's the power. Of yeah. No, isn't it? As again. Because mm. mm. because it's not because I suppose the great thing about Larry David is he must have very little lack. Yeah. Because <laughs> he, he just doesn't care oh, too much, apparently. Brings me to another point I wrote down before today's 
podcast episode. Right. Okay. So thinking about the real and this singularity where our lack is really being like uh, the force of the singularity is lack pulling our yes. pulling our yeah, yeah. reality down or trying to suck it in. Okay. Well, um, this guy making a video about Lacan's concept of the real brings up Nietzsche and the Nietzsche mm. quote about he who fights with monsters should be careful lest he thereby becomes a monster. For himself, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like like uh, most of the people, I think like sometimes the far left become the very monsters that they are fighting. That's right. In terms of fascism, yeah. So the quote is followed by, and if thou gaze long enough into the abyss, the abyss will also gaze into thee. Yeah. Oh, my God. Now, that sounded pretty damn cool to me because I'm someone yes. who's stared into the abyss on a number of occasions, yeah? And I think the abyss stared back at me and it felt like ground rush. It felt like ground rush when bungee jumping. And I don't know yeah. if you've ever done a bungee jump. I haven't because it scares the shit out of me. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. But it should scare the shit out of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. it doesn't scare the shit out of you... There's something wrong with you. Yeah, something yeah. wrong with you. You're not really fucking human. Yeah? Yeah. You're fucking crazy. Same as someone who goes, Oh, I don't know. I'm scared of heights. You think I'm not scared of heights? <laughs> I'm fucking yeah, yeah. petrified. I can't stand on a ladder. But yet I jump out of an aeroplane. Okay. Yeah. Well... So I was thinking, what was Nietzsche going on about? Um, and so I found a website that talks about this uh, idea that Nietzsche was talking about. And he explains it as philosophical base jumping. What? Two things yeah. I'm into. <laughs> <laughs> How unhappy. How could you? Yeah. No, no wonder I'm interested in what Nietzsche was meaning then. So he's talking about that philosophy can be treacherous and that obtaining mm. knowledge dislodges us from our blissful ignorance, right? Mm. It's like the moment Prometheus stole the fire from Mount Olympus or it's, or it's Eve biting into the apple of knowledge, yeah? Yeah. And essentially... There was a Dutch philosopher called John Bohr who quotes a Dutch poet called uh, Lucifer, who says, who falls into the abyss becomes an aviator. Oh, my God. He's not wrong, is he? He's not wrong. <laughs> he who falls into the abyss becomes an aviator. So really what Nietzsche is saying is, the best way to stop staring into the abyss is to jump into the fucking abyss and learn <laughs> to free fall. <laughs> learn to yeah. fly free, okay? Not live with the fear of hitting the ground. 
But the, take delight in flying free. Mm. That's back. No, there's, and the, although, although sometimes <laughs> I'm just thinking about, uh, uh, so last, last week uh, it was really hot here. And uh, there's a the, Europe's deep deepest lake is is around the corner. Yeah, and it has a nice diving board into it. And it was like twenty somewhere between twenty five and thirty degrees. Okay. And I went up to it and I was looking at it and it's like I couldn't see if there were any rocks there or not. I thought they can't have built this here if 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 it's shallow, <laughs> and it is supposed to be the deepest lake in the world in, okay. in Europe. And. I stood there for quite a long time looking at it because I was just getting the reflection and like the fear of jumping in yeah. was more about rocks. But in the end, I, I summed up the courage and jumped in and it was four degrees. And I've never like, like I suddenly realized how people drown because my, all my body started to, to, to tense up, like seize up because of the cold. Mm. I couldn't breathe. And I, I, I started going to the side and I was getting dizzy. Like, obviously, like, <laughs> the, the, the coldness okay. of the water was shut, shutting my body down. Yeah. And I was like, I was afraid of the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was afraid of the rocks and I didn't even think about the cold. But I survived. You did. Did you learn something? Yes. Check the temperature of the water before you jump in. <laughs> good thing isn't it because, because same thing with jumping out of aeroplanes yeah yeah like time and time again yeah um check which way the upper winds are blowing um because mm. it's the thing it's it's the unknown it's it's um like well, fear it, of it's the, the unknown that's the the true fear well, this is the thing. I think. I think also it, it was a valid thing in in the sense of it's not your fears that are going to get you anyway. Okay. It's the thing that you haven't feared, right? That you know, like, like, all of us are going to die. Yeah. But we're going to die of the thing that we fear the least. So, so, so don't live your life by fears. I, I fear of being burnt to death by um, for witchcraft now because i've been studying magic <laughs> and it sounds pretty bloody horrible so i've been thinking about how bloody horrible it is to be burned to the stake and how how uh, yeah. you know um what a nasty way to go and uh, anyway um so we've got this notion haven't we that we fear the unknown we fear what lurks in the deep we fear jaws um mm-hmm what lies beneath the surface. So do you think it's fairly natural for people to fear the outsider? You know? Yeah, because because it, it, it's it's the unknown. They don't know. I mean, somebody once told me uh, here in Norway, one of the reasons people can be a bit funny with outsiders, even, mm. even like just from another village, yeah. And, you know, they make this joke about Norway's been social distancing its whole life because mm. you don't invade people's space and so forth. And a lot of that, I was told, was back to the Black Death, you know, because a person coming into your village who you didn't know could wipe your village out yeah. by being too close to them. And, and, and I suppose these things and the way the world has evolved, we haven't evolved 
quick enough beyond that. Although it's socially, I mean, it's just the same as like if you live in London, nobody has issues really in London with multi-ethnicity. The people who do have a problem with multi-ethnicity always tend to live in quite white <laughs> where, where, where there are no outsiders so to speak yeah or, or people who have problems with foreigners live in places that there are no foreigners that live there. Oh, that's right it, yeah fear of the unknown and if i've got this sheltered protected bubble around me and i never meet someone who's black asian then mm. i do fear them and I build my reality because I'm being bombarded by messages that say, right, if you actually say something that's racist, you're going to have everybody clouting you over the head, right? Mm. So you mustn't do that. But deep down inside, that person's thinking, oh, my God, am I a racist? Am I? Because my real feeling is that I don't know these people. And I don't trust these people, and I'm scared of these people. They don't seem to like me. Yeah, I see. I think that was the most liberating thing for me in in thinking about race mm. is I just admitted I'm I am a racist by the very nature of the time that I grew up, and I know, and I'm 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 okay with the fact that I know I have biases and so forth. Yeah. And then when, once you admit that and go, then you stop being afraid of it yeah. and you can actually do something about it. And I felt like, because I, I think, you know, for sure there have been times in my life where I'm like, God, I hope I'm not racist. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. like, like the fear of it. Yeah. Because I must have been subconsciously aware that I grew up in an incredibly, like, like, uh, Norfolk is, is is like one of the last outposts of of, of 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 racism, really, in Britain. And I think I was really afraid because nobody wants to be a racist. Yeah. I don't think. Like, that, 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 well, maybe some people do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? there's, there's a few. There's a few quite quite out there people that maybe really enjoy being racist, but most people don't. And I think most, in the same way, like with the actress thing. I don't want to be sexist, right. but invariably I'm also aware that I must have sexist biases. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I must have. I'm, I'm probably, you know, again, I, I was solely brought up by women. So I, I've probably had, had it slightly tempered because I didn't have this massive sort of male machismo aspect in my life. Right. And it's probably why I'm like conscious of it. So then to be confronted with like, Oh, and then you sort of think like, Shit, I didn't, and then then you feel bad about like, oh god, I didn't keep a breast of uh, a breast. I didn't get, You're in <laughs> breast, John. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't keep a breast of the of, of, of the right language, which is not really the most important thing. Is am am I an arsehole to women? Yeah. I try, you know, generally no. Uh, yeah. I, I I can totally relate to that as well. I know that um, I remember I was living in France and uh, some. Some Brits arrived um, in this little village I was living in, and uh, they had their Union Jack Mini, <laughs> and they were kind of like, like you know, um, oh here we go, it's Brit pop, <laughs> it's come, to, come, come to France to trump up our Britishness. Well, oh, 
Bonjour. <laughs> Testo Tate. Seafood Play. Orange <laughs> yeah. 2, Orange 2. And I'm thinking, oh my fucking God. Like, and the same with, I would, uh, I went to an, a, a drop zone in Australia. Have, have I told you about, like, the, the most camp um, performance ever? Um, no. Oh, beautiful. This, this, sounds a, this sounds like a good one to gradually round okay, up the episode. Yeah, let's... Right. So, in a way, this relates to what we're saying about do we sometimes overcompensate because we lack parts that we really desire. I desire not to be a racist. I desire to mm. actually um, conquer a fear of the unknown and I want to be a good person. Please, black people, help me because I want to mm. be a you know, good person in society. Um, please help me. A good friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so here I am in Australia and I'm outside the Sydney Opera House and I hear this um, Swedish voice Kevin! <laughs> Hello, Sandro. I met this bloke in Arizona. And he just so happened to be at the Sydney Opera House on the same day as me. So, small world. Yeah. Let's go for a beer, mate. All right, then. Oh, yeah. Are you, are you going jumping? Uh, oh, I wouldn't mind going jumping. Oh, yeah. Well, are you going to a drop zone called Picketon tomorrow? Oh, let's go. Let's go jump together. It'll be fun, yeah? <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> All right. And so, we're going to. Uh, um, this uh, Sydney skydiving drop zone and we're both talking about like having sort of been in Australia for about three or four days and what's Australia like compared to other countries etc et right, yeah. and we're like oh yeah but in Australia everyone's like a real man you know <laughs> and stuff so oh my god we're going to a drop zone one of the most sort of places it's going to be a hive of male machismo all right then so why don't we and we started going no no Australia is not like that they this is the land of Priscilla queen of the desert Right, so we decided right by the time we'd actually got to the drop zone that we were going to arrive like Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, Mitzi, and <laughs> so we go, yeah, yeah. Oh, hello, oh, I like your plane. Have you got a little pretty pink parachute I could borrow? You know, <laughs> so, so we sort of camp it up, go, oh, Yeah, have you got have you got a license, mate? Oh, I think so, somewhere in my wallet. Oh. Is, oh, did I remember? I don't know. Do you remember yours? Did you? Oh, I'll see if I can find mine. And so, like, like basically, we're getting kind of like, all right, mate. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can jump here. Yeah, you got a license. Um, yeah. Just sign this waiver. Have you got your own kit? No. Can I borrow one? Have you got one my size? Oh, good. That's nice. Right, so we've, we're we're there now, and uh, and like we're we're ready to go jumping. And before you jump, you always need to do a safety check. Mm -hmm. So I've got my parachute on. Going, can you check me? <laughs> can you check me? And Sandro goes, 
one. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, you look gorgeous, love. <laughs> Check me. Go, oh, you're hot. <laughs> it's a Sandy and Julian from Round the Horn. Yeah. yeah. Like, basically, yeah. we didn't make many friends. <laughs> but it was bloody brilliant. Um, yeah, we didn't make many friends, actually, on that skydive because we were just like, what the fuck are these people? <laughs> like, but we were we were like the toast of the bar in the evening. <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It was like, oh, these, nice. these jokers are fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> so it all worked out. Again, it's we challenged homophobia. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I think. Again, I think people get really af- like a lot of people would be afraid to do that because they're afraid of their own sexuality, mm. and and, and that, that's something like 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 um like isn't it weird how all these people like these sort of pastors who are like really anti-gay and conversion therapy always end up being gay, yeah. and 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 it, it's it's really interesting that kind of what are you what. The narrative you're telling, what is it you're masking? Mm-hmm. Particularly when that narrative isn't one that unifies or spreads joy. I think the minute you hear a narrative that isn't unifying people and isn't spreading joy, you've got to start questioning what the lack is behind That's it. That's right. And so this is why I'm kind of going to be diving deeper and deeper into Lacan's idea mm. because of so much truth to be found in listening to what people say and asking the question, why are you saying it that way? And, you mm. know, like, what are you really saying? Okay. And armed with the ability to read body language that I've developed through teaching and, and mm. now understanding what people are really meaning by what they say, not equating very often you know it's like 90 percent of the time what people are saying is exactly the opposite of what they really mean um it's really it's it's been really i i don't know whether it would be the same in japan per se but one thing that i find really interesting when i first moved here and couldn't follow the language so much you become it, it, i suppose it's the same as any, any when you lose a sense mm. other senses get heightened yeah. and i i kind of observed and detected body language on such a high level mm. that, like, in a room in a room where I couldn't necessarily understand what was being said, I could I could know exactly what was going on in terms of the dynamics of the group. I knew when someone was lying. I know when somebody's bored. You know, uh, and, and where 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 the political factions are just based on on the body language rather than what's being said okay because of, it's exactly yeah. the same in japan very much okay exactly okay the yeah. same. however um what i feel is that um i'm having to read so intensely all the time um japanese mm. it, it, like cultural difference the, the yeah yeah because yeah, distance yeah. between my culture of england and japanese culture for example, Okikoa Dewa Sema, Okikoa Dewa Iyamasinga, 
um, I cannot say this in a loud voice is the way in which you would actually articulate the idea or the concept of um, to be honest. Mm. Because the idea that okay. someone isn't yeah. being honest by what they say isn't in, in the culture. Right. So you don't say, if uh, I'm honest, because that assumes that you're not honest all the time. What? Bang, something we do in Japan. Mm-hmm. I, I just cannot say it in a loud voice. Please excuse me. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm having to think and compensate. But then when I visit the UK, my, my ability to pick up on body language is supercharged. Unbelievable. Yeah. And I'll, yeah, I'll go yeah, to yeah. a party and just go, mm, that person was full of shit, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it well, it's, it's in the same, the same. It's the same way as like, uh, I find that when I go to the UK, UK now, going into a social space, it's like, it's, it's overload of senses because every, like, I'm used to filtering out stuff all the time here. Because I have to concentrate to to, to listen to, to people chit chatting to understand it. So there's, I, I kind of it becomes background chatter becomes white noise, and it isn't in the UK. And it's just like it, it becomes like I don't know like that Obi Wan Kenobi. I hear a million screams in my head. You know, <laughs> I can hear every every little moan and little. It's really amplified. I get it. Also, I think also like because of the extra cognition energy for me reading Japanese kanji, um, Japanese yeah. hiragana, katakana. Yeah, I can read. I can read pretty well, but nowhere near like a native. Like yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah, it's yeah. not the instant recognition. I have to like. That, 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 right. There are some things that I see all the time, like alcohol or food or whatever on signs, where I just see it, I know it, bang, or whatever. Mm. But, you know, there's there's so much more where I actually have to focus and go, uh, yeah, I get that. <laughs> uh, like, like, I think I took a photo of a sign for crossing the railway line. Um, put that on Facebook recently um, where, yeah. where like <laughs> when I first moved to Japan I thought it looks like the kids are having a bloody good laugh at this little old lady who's stuck on the train line yes. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but again and, 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 and this, this maybe is the wrap up mm-hmm. is what we're describing there is these different levels of perception about reality yeah. around us and the more hardwired ones, when you go back to them, it's it's like sensory overload. And the and the ones which are newer to us, we're sort of having to squint a little bit or think really hard. And 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 that 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 is your because they're not real. Yeah. You're right. They require they require this to notice them. Absolutely. Or understand them, or, or perce- I suppose it requires that to perceive them and training in the brain to perceive them. Yeah. So we're place, back where we started. That's a great place to wrap up. <laughs> that really is a good place to wrap up, and we'll take you. But we, we should carry this because I'm really interested in this. All right, mate. Lovely to speak to you again. See you, See you in a couple. See you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Reality isn't romantic at all. It's hard.
Was it a success? 